to the Side-by-Side podcast, where we connect busy female leaders in ministry to the practical resources they need today. We're your co-hosts, and I'm Annie Purdue-Olson. And I'm Heidi Zwart. You know what? Today we are talking about change, and I think it is a very interesting topic that so many people are dealing with. We're dealing with change on so many different levels. There's change at work in the way that we do ministry. Um, There's change in our lifestyle and the way that we structure our social lives. There's change in the way that we do school, the way that we do parenting. And as women in ministry and in leadership, change is just like right on the forefront of our mind. So I think the topic is really relevant for us today. Heidi Leverens, who's a leadership catalyst and coach that specializes in navigating um, change for teams and leveraging their strengths, is really going to have some nuggets of wisdom for us today. And I can't can't wait for our listeners to hear them. I agree. I actually loved, loved listening to this episode because I learned something new. And what I really learned and what I took away was this whole model of navigating change that was completely fresh and uh, new language for me to consider. With a background in counseling, like I, I understand this Kubler-Ross model for grief, and I understand that it involves you know, denial and anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance, and that changes always bring some level of grief. But to apply that kind of language with a few additional pieces to how we move through those seasons of change was, was really eye-opening and really fresh for me. And I can see the power of being able to unify a team around that language. You know, it's interesting that you talk about that because a change is really emotional. I think that going through the season that we're in right now, I'm seeing the emotional impact of change. And so linking it to the Kubler-Ross model is really a powerful thing because we see this internal transition that has to take place in each of us. I think one of the things that stood out for me in the talk was when Heidi talks about the fact that as we are leading our team through this change, we might have gotten clued in on the change a little earlier than everybody else mm-hmm. on our team. So we're kind of moving our way through that that change cycle, through that process a little further along. And then where our team is at a totally different stage. And then everybody at our team, might one might be in denial and the other in bargaining and the other in acceptance. And then what do you do with a team that is at different stages of the change cycle? Right. You guys are going to yeah. love hearing Heidi talk about that. Yeah, I I couldn't resonate more with that. The idea that the leader has to be aware of their mindset because to your point, they may be further along. They may be at a different point. And so the expectation might be that somebody else should be right there with you. So mm-hmm. just that um, that awareness of where you are as a leader was a huge takeaway for me as well. Yep. And I think giving grace to everybody else on the team for where they're at too, because they're just, we're all going to be at different places. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Heidi is going to speak from her experience. That's going to be awesome because she's have a, has over 20 years of business and ministry experience. But I what what I love is is that she also draws on her parenting experience um, for everything that she does with speaking and coaching because she lives in Wisconsin with her husband and they're raising seven kids. <laughs> um, and so she's got a little bit of experience there of even leading in the home, which I think us as women in ministry have to lead at home as well as lead the ministries that we're in. Um, so she really weaves that in so nicely. And she's a Midwesterner and an entrepreneur and a leader, but she would love more than anything else to move closer to the equator. And I <laughs> think I'm with her on that one. I'd like it to be warmer as we head into the Minnesota winter that uh, will come much quicker than I would love it to to happen for us. But 
I would love to invite every listener to tune in and listen closely to some of these awesome tips that you'll have on Change from Heidi. Welcome, Heidi. I am so excited that you have come to join me today. Thanks so much for having me. It's always great to have a conversation with you, Annie. You're one of my favorite people to talk to. And we've done this before on some Facebook Live, but this is the first time that we've been able to do this on a podcast. And I am super excited to just like have everybody engage some of your wisdom specifically around change because you know what? Change is inevitable. It is tricky and it is going to happen. And some of us love to run towards it and make it happen. And others of us would love to like run in the other direction every time we're faced with change. (laughs) (laughs) So true. One of the things that I hear from leaders a lot is, is that the, the like change gets messy in the middle, especially when you're like moving a group of people through change, you're trying to get your whole team to move through change. And that messy middle, I've I've heard one leader referred to it as spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd love to just like have us like spend a little time talking about the messy middle. Can you tell us like your perspective on like, what is the messy middle and why do we get caught there? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think what you're talking about is something that's so common um, because change is messy. Transition is messy. You know, change would be like that event or that statement, Hey, we're moving the company or Hey, there's a global pandemic or hey, your kids aren't going back to school or, hey, someone passed away, you know, that's the event. And then we as human beings have this emotional response to change and we go through seven very similar emotions. Um, I'm not sure, have you heard of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross? The one who gave us, yeah, she gave us the stages of grief and through her research, she also created something called the Kubler-Ross change curve. Mm -hmm. And there's similar emotions because change is grief right? A lot of times. mm -hmm. And I think that's what takes a lot of people by surprise. Um, So often, well, depending on your personality, like you alluded to, you know, people embrace the new thing and they're looking forward. And then all of a sudden they have this emotion of sadness or loss, and they can't quite figure out where it's coming from because, Hey, we're going to this new place. But every time you're going somewhere new, you're leaving something old. And so we have these emotions that come up and, um, a healthy way to deal with change is to recognize them and move through them. So the messy middle, the reason it gets so messy is because there's a lot of emotions. And when you have a lot of, yeah. And when you have a lot of different people processing things at different times, um, it is really like a big giant sea swelling with billows of change and, you know, huge waves crashing and, um, it's uncomfortable and messy. Yeah. I mean, all those emotions like are not fun to go through. I mean, who like volunteers to go through, you know, big emotions. I mean, we like some of the happy ones, but change doesn't seem to like take us down the path of the happy emotions. It feels like those messy middle emotions are big and they're uncomfortable. They totally are. They totally are. So the messy middle on her framework, you know, shock is the initial, oh my goodness, we have just been told something's changing. And then you move into denial where oftentimes people just want to just hold on to what was and just not just ignore the fact that truly something's changing. And then there's frustration. And then the fourth one is depression. And the fifth one is experimentation. And this is where the curve starts to come back up in a sense of high morale and competence. Mm. Um, So you kind of plummet. If you can imagine in your mind listening right now, imagine, you know, a hill and you start at shock and you're high, your highest level of competence and morale is actually when you're in denial. 
Um, <laughs> so kind of funny. funny. Mm-hmm. And you're actually feeling more competent in a frustration than you are in depression. But that hill goes down and your lowest point is depression and then experimentation starts coming up. And that's where you start to think that there might be something new and hopeful coming and you try new things. And then it moves into decision. And then finally, integration where you've, you know, you're living transformed. You know, I mean, I, I, as I hear you talk through those emotions, like my curiosity is a little bit peaked because I'm wondering if, um, you know, based on personality or based on leadership style, do you find that certain people gravitate towards or get stuck in certain stages or certain emotions? That's a great question. I mean, I haven't read anything as of yet that really, you know, overlays, say, Myers-Briggs, for example, or just even personality awareness, even if you don't have those same labels. I think, I think what I do know to be true is that people who process emotions well before a change comes typically process emotions of change better than those who don't process emotions or ignore them when life is quote-unquote good, and then when change comes they still, they have an even harder time processing those emotions. And I think that certain personalities um, can gravitate to these emotions. I mean, I could see, now again, this is not founded in any research that I've read, but I mean, you can see how someone who can be uber positive might camp out in denial, Mm -hmm. you know, or someone who is highly analytical and just sees all the numbers and all the things that might be going wrong or, or negativity could be more in that depression state. Or someone who's super passionate or a motivator or a catalyst could be frustrated a lot. Yeah. So I think, yeah, and I think you're right. There is a connection there. Yeah. I mean, I think I think not only could you camp out in a particular space based on maybe what you gravitate towards, or like what you're talking about is you might camp out in a specific place based on where you're at before the change started. Mm-hmm. Like if you were already depleted and your emotions were already strained you might camp out in a different place than if you, you know, you are plowing through and you're in denial or you're, you know, you're, you're not in touch with your emotions to begin with. Mm-hmm. You could get camped out in a place, but I wonder if people like also like get like lost in cycling there. Like you're not mm-hmm. camping out in a place, but you're bouncing around. So do you see people bounce around in those stages and what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think, you know, if we could, if I had a whiteboard and I could draw for you again, there's that Valley, right. Oh. And Elizabeth Kubler-Ross never said we experience change linear, like in a line, right? right. It's more, and I've seen something out there on online, someone described um, or drew the emotions of change, like a bunch of spaghetti and doodles all in here, you know, so these are the points of all these different emotions. It's just just spaghetti everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, if you just think about taking one of these change examples, say that the company um, is being bought out and you're having to move. Well, the person who received that leader who received the information went through shock and into some denial maybe and into frustration, but then they've already started moving into experimentation as they come to their team and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. But then the team is just in shock and denial and moves through all of those. Well, the leader might already be further ahead in processing those things because the information came sooner. So, um, so it's messy with teams like that messy in the middle because you have people at different stages and it's just messy because, because changes, you know, transition isn't linear. So you can have a decision made 
And then you run into a roadblock and you have to pivot again. And then that kind of loops you back into the beginning of the cycle where you're in shock and denial and frustration. So you can bounce um, most definitely between the depression, the experimentation, the frustration. You can even be back into denial or shock um, before you really come out in integration. Yeah. I think, I mean, I hear that one of the biggest challenges I can see as a leader is, is that when that messy middle gets really messy, when you're trying to lead a group of people through it, who are all in different spaces of Mm. that messy middle. I mean, what, as you have worked with leaders who are leading teams through Mm. those messy middles, what are some of the things uh, that you share with them that you um, equip them with that helps them to think about how do I lead people from all different spaces in this messy middle through it? Yes. Well, one of the best things that, that you can do as a leader or what I've seen have some really amazing results is bring everybody together with a common vocabulary mm-hmm. and a common framework. And so in the change and transition workshops that I do, that just having this Kubler-Ross framework as a visual of, oh, this is a process. Okay, oh, I guess I would identify myself right here today in this stage. You know, and then we, um, yeah, there are, I, I help equip people with these tools. When you see yourself in one of these emotions, what can you do to lead yourself or lead someone else who's struggling in that place through it? So yeah, definitely for, for denial, you want to focus on creating alignment. And oftentimes, you know, that's alignment between reality and, um, you know, their, the fantasy, I guess, of that things are really going to stay the same. But it's also, if you can't make progress there because of the emotion is too strong, you can almost always create alignment based around your values. Mm-hmm. So at that stage, you want to key into the core values, your personal core values, your family core values, your company core values, those can be really unifying and they can align you. I can see that anchoring in when it's messy, finding that anchor in values or finding um, that anchor in something can be a really key component because now, I mean, even anchoring into shared language and shared understanding mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. It just is, it's like, I feel like if you're in the middle of a storm and you're on a boat, and it's going wild and crazy and the waves are crashing in. If you're, if you're anchored and then you're not blown and tossed in the same way. So, I mean, I feel that's yes. what it feels like you're talking about there with when you're talking about values and framework and language is we start with like anchoring people together on something shared. Absolutely. And, you know, if to take your analogy a little step further, even, you know, those sailors all understand the vocabulary of sailing. You know, if I jumped on a ship and someone was telling me to mast, heave, ho, whatever, I don't even know the language. I'd look at them and be like, what? You know, I want to help. I want to do this right. I don't want to die. But like, I don't know what you're talking about. So, so yeah, that common vocabulary. Mm -hmm. And with frustration, one of the key things you can do is to maximize communication, which is a little bit counterintuitive because if you're feeling frustrated or if you have an employee or a coworker who is frustrated, you kind of just don't want to poke the bear, right? I mean, you kind of just, they're prickly, they're angry, they're bargaining about how things should be different with these decisions you've made. Um, but when you recognize that as a stage in a process, you can have a different kind of leadership conversation. Yeah, because what you're doing is saying, this is not who they are, but this is where they're at. That's a totally different mindset. 
totally different mindset. I just did a training a couple of weeks ago and someone said, oh my goodness, right even after the training, I had one of my leaders come to me and say, you know, I think why I'm struggling with this particular thing is because I'm right here in the change and transition framework. And they figured out how to resource her. You know, they kind of moved to developing some capability, which is one of the steps you can use when you're in experimentation. And they um, had a whole different conversation. She was almost ready to quit, ready to say, I'm not capable. I cannot handle this. And it was perceived as more of a, um, a, it was more of a, I don't know, like a personal, you're just not cut out for this versus recognizing that as as a circumstantial uh, situation. And so then they could solve it. And that was just a gift. She said, I couldn't believe how fast we moved to resolution. So that's the other thing. You can problem solve faster. You get back to productivity faster. Yeah. I mean, think about that story that you were just talking about is, is that you moved from, they moved from, um, you're not cut out for this job to here's the resources you need to be capable. I mean, one of the things that is a challenge, and, and I work a lot with ministry leaders, and sometimes I don't think we recognize how um, much of a common problem it is to have turnover, like losing mm. staff and replacing them is really costly. Mm. And I think sometimes we're so busy in ministry, we don't notice that you know retention really matters. Mm. And that turnover can be a real challenge. And in times of transition and the messy middle, turnover goes way up. So what yes. they did in that moment is actually really saved themselves a ton of money, a ton of energy, um, a, like they retained the knowledge that that person brought to the table. They probably reignited passion and they moved her from, uh, you're not cut out for this, or I'm not cut out for this, to I'm capable. I mean, Absolutely. what an amazing shift that that does for people when they face the messy middle, when they call it out. And when they do something about it, that's really powerful. That's a powerful story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love how you summed that up because there were so many wins just because they had taken the time. And when it took a couple hours to do some training in the middle of a really intense season, you know, so often we want to ditch that stuff. It's just like any important, even relationship in your life, right? When you're re- things are really intense is actually when you need to talk the most or to, you know, engage the most, sharpen your own sword before you go into battle. You know, that whole, all of those different analogies. Um, but yeah, it really is powerful that way because you get the, the common language and you have, um, you have a perspective too when you look at this framework and recognize it's a process. And so I think people, you can, you can really instill hope you know, if you're trying to lead with hope and even try to lead yourself with hope because the messy middle is often dark, Yeah, you know, it's messy and dark and not fun. And it's sometimes hard as the leader to ignite that hope in yourself. And so, um, when you can see, you know, again, analogies are back on the sea, <laughs> when you can see the shoreline and you can see another shoreline or you can look at a map and say, well, this is where we're going. I can't quite see it yet, but I know it's out there. And if we just stay due north, you know, we're going to get there. Yeah. Um, really does help. It just does wonders for feeling tossed about and um, drained, you know, in that messy middle season. Yep. So I think, I mean, as a leader leading a team through this messy middle, one of the things that's really important is that map that you're Mm. talking about. Is there any other advice that you would give to leaders to be able to like lead themselves or care for themselves in the midst of that transition so that they can really walk through that with confidence? I almost wanted to say unshakable confidence, but I think if you're in the messy middle, it's going to be shakable. 
Um, but with as much confidence as you can retain intact as a leader, how, I mean, what advice would you give to leaders to say, this is how you need to take care of yourself in the messy middle? That's such a great question. Um, kind of speaking to that self-care piece again, I think, you know, I think part of it is mindset. So you as the leader get to decide how you're going to frame the change that has come your way. And the way that you frame that is the way oftentimes the people you lead frame your actions and then their actions. And that becomes a cycle. Mm -hmm. And so even if you realize you have not done a great job of framing, you can always reframe, you know? So I think, I think the first step is to consider your mindset. You know, the Bible, this is, right, we work with a lot of believers. And so God always calls us to think on what is true, what is good, what is honorable. And no matter what situation we're in, there's always plenty of dishonorable, lies, you know, negativity. And we can get caught up in focusing on those. And so it's really important in our mindset to, to flip that script, to frame it in a way that is true, good, right, honorable, and praiseworthy. And I think um, when we perceive change, as a disruption to the status quo and a disruption to our comfort, we see change as a thief and an enemy. But when we, you know, when, when growth is the goal and um, transformation is the goal, we see change as a welcomed, invited guest. Mm. So if we as leaders, you know, in taking care of ourselves, I think one of the first steps is to really think about what we're thinking and ask God to fill our minds with this perspective of hope and transformation, and then to lead from that place of he's using all this for our good. Every single bit of of this is for growth and development and transformation. And so um, that's the first step, mindset. And then I think the second step is space. You have to give yourself and and your team space because change and transition is not just transactional. It's emotional. Yep. And I mean, I'm the type of leader where, and I think a lot of people who are high energy or high capacity leaders, we have a mode of survival, right? You can't just feel all your emotions all the time and expect to survive a crisis. Part of what leading well looks like is dealing, you know, triaging, dealing with things. But I think um, to care for yourself, at some point you have to experience those emotions. So after the crisis, after, you know, things are somewhat stabilized, make some space. Think about what you just went through. Think about the feelings that came up, you know, give your people some space to have their own emotional responses and to kind of talk about those. And what happens is it, it doesn't all fall apart. I think that sometimes we think, giving emotion space will just create this firestorm of emotion. Um, But when you have some structure in place, you know, like you have a framework, you have a vocabulary, you're saying, you know, we've been through this. We're not going to camp out here, but we need to feel these things um, to process them healthy. So let's do that. And then let's, let's talk about where we want to go next. You know, one of the things that I think is really important for leaders going through transition is not to go through it alone. And I think mm. sometimes when we're going through the, all of the emotions that you're talking about is, is that we uh, can, as leaders, uh, tend to isolate when those emotions get scary. Um, and I think that's one of the things that is that you do as a gift um, to leaders is to be able to help them not be alone when they're going through change. And mm. so I'd love for you to tell us just a little bit about what it is that you do and how you walk with leaders 
through this and what you offer them and share with the world. <laughs> so tell oh, us a Andy. little bit about what you do with these leaders and how you help them. Oh, well, um, yeah, it's my heart to help people live transformed and to leverage their strengths in the midst of transition and change. Um, changes just keep coming, you know, even before the pandemic and yep. even in the pandemic and they'll come still after afterward. Um, so yeah, what I do is often I do coaching one-on-one with leaders who are trying to lead their teams. And so we can talk, we talk about these frameworks um, and how they can lead themselves through change. Cause it all starts with how you lead yourself first mm-hmm. and then you can lead one-on-one and then you can lead teams. But if you can't figure out how to lead yourself through it, it's going to be really hard, you know, to do the team leadership. Um, and then I come in and do some teaching and just invite them to consider this framework and invite them to have a common vocabulary and do some activities that raise their awareness of their own response to change and yep. then give them some tools to, um, to lead the people that they're leading through those emotions. So no one gets stuck or you don't get stuck as often, or you don't stay there as often. And then helping them move into those more abundant places, you know? This productivity um, and engagement, once again, instead of being shut down or, you know, just so stuck in, in those change emotions. You know, so if, if someone wanted to talk with you about change, because, you know, there's a lot of leaders that are <laughs> facing that and trying to lead their teams through that, how would they get started with you? Yeah, you can. Um, well, I'm on HeidiLeverance.com. All my contact info is there. And I'd love to have a conversation about how I could serve your team with some training or just some coaching. Um, I am launching a mini course. It's a couple hours of self-paced training. It's basically the workshop delivered digitally and then a group coaching facilitated component and then some individual coaching along with it. And that those details will also be at HeidiLeverance.com. And in the meantime, well, we're going to put links in the show notes to all that stuff for listeners. And I think one thing I need to highlight is how your name is spelled because here people hear HeidiLeverance.com and they're like, oh, there's a V in there and there's no V in there. So if you're looking for HeidiLeverance.com, you can click the link in the show notes or you can type it in as Heidi, L-E-W-E-R-E-N-Z. So you you say it because you're so used to saying it, but I'm like, yeah, nobody's going to know how to spell that one right. (laughs) Thank you, Annie. Yeah, that W, that German Volkswagen um, W gets me all the time. I know. Yeah, and then there is a a freebie downloadable uh, PDF with this framework. So if you've, you know, if what I've been saying has been resonating and you really want the visuals and some action steps to go with it, um, you can find that also on the website. That is so good because I think that at the, I mean, my big nugget or takeaway from today too is, is how important shared language and a shared framework is. Like mm-hmm. if I could see the beginning and I can see what the end looks like, then the messy middle becomes less scary. And I think mm-hmm. that that's what that downloadable would do for listeners. And so I really encourage people to go and check that out. Heidi, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so glad we got to like talk through this messy middle, the spaghetti state that all of us are facing when we have to do the emotional side of change, not the transactional side, but this internal side of embracing change. And so thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Really appreciate the time. You've been listening to the Side by Side podcast with Annie Purdue Olson and Heidi Swart. Click subscribe so you don't miss out on practical tips from experienced leaders. Share a comment and let us know what's on your mind. If you are a busy leader and you are ready to stop the madness, 
download our busy leader's guide to sticky habits from the link in the show notes. For more resources, check out our website, www.sidebysidepodcast.online.